right away know who we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about Noah. We're going to be talking about one of those whose faith is forever written in God's word, a man of faith. And we'll be looking at his example to encourage us as well in this world of darkness that we live in to be that bright light that Christ well, has called us to be. He did say that we are the light of this world. We'll start reading at verse 1, chapter 6 of Genesis, verse 1. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty, mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood, rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And let's just move on forward just to verse 22. Before that, we see, of course, the Lord giving all the instructions to no one how to build uh, this ark. But verse 22, it says, Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. So, of course, Noah has many things to teach us, even today in our modern world, for us modern Christians. His faith was and is remarkable. And I'd just like to point out a few uh, reasons why this faith is remarkable and an example for us to, to follow. The first thing I'd like to point out is that Noah, well, he had a bright faith in the world of darkness. When we talk about darkness, I believe that at that point in history, there was no greater darkness than in Noah's days. Most likely, towards the end of what we call the Age of Grace, before Christ returns for his ruling over the earth, we will probably see days as bad as they were in Noah's days. The situation there was hopeless. We might think today that, 
well, our situation is hopeless. That, you know, Christianity, uh, there's a war against it, and it, it, it's hopeless. We're, we're not going to be able to do the things that we used to do before. But here, <laughs> the situation was totally hopeless. Sin was everywhere. It was so bad that even the sons of God had abandoned righteousness to marry the daughters of men. And this, we're told, triggered God's judgment upon humanity. I will not go into trying to explain who these sons of God are, were. I'll let pastor answer that question maybe another time. But the point here, you're welcome. The point here is to realize that sin was everywhere, that even those who were called the sons of God were corrupt. And without any exaggeration, it was the most desperate time on earth. Darkness everywhere. If you look at verse 5 once more, it tells us that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. I don't know if we could exaggerate even more than that, but that was a reality. Every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That tells us that there was no room at all for goodness in the lives of the people in Noah's days. All they could think of and all that they were doing were sinful actions, sinful thoughts. Let's be honest here. We are so far away from such situation that we cannot even really complain about the things that we live today as Christians in this modern world. We are far away from that situation. It was so bad that the only solution in God's eyes was extermination, not only of the human race, but also of all living creatures, because sin had affected all of creation. We are told that in verse 7 and verse 11 through 13. It was everywhere. It had affected everything. The whole world was corrupt. But yet... In the middle of all that darkness, there was one man, Noah. We don't know how many people lived back in those days. We don't. But we know about the situation of that darkness. And we know about Noah, who had this bright, living faith in the world of darkness. Verse 9 tells us uh, that, well, verse 8, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. In verse 9, it tells us that Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. So we have one man who found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Why? Because he was just. He was seeking righteousness, holiness. Because he was perfect, uh, honest, a man of integrity. And it tells us also that he had a close relationship with God because he walked with God and followed whatever God told him to do. As we see in verse 22, thus did Noah, according to all God commanded him, so did he. If you have maybe come 
in your life at the conclusion that trying to live a godly life today is difficult. Just try and imagine what it was like for Noah. Being alone. We have the blessing of having churches, of having fellow believers to encourage us to live such a godly life. Noah was alone. We have the blessing of having God's word. We have the blessing of having God's spirit. Noah was alone. But that did not prevent him from doing what was right and living a godly, righteous life. Just imagine the daily pressures, the, the, the scorn his neighbors had for him and his family. Imagine yourself in such a situation. Can we truly say that our faith would be the same as Noah's? That we would stand firm against all this world, evil world, full of darkness? A bright faith. Now, as a French citizen, I had to do my military service back in France, and I remember that my brothers uh, did the same thing. Uh, and I remember my brother Dan sharing this about uh, when he was out doing maneuvers with uh, all the soldiers, and that at one point one of the soldiers lit up a cigarette. They, were, they had stopped for the night, and he lit up a, a cigarette, and he, he was told to turn it off because just a little light from a cigarette could be seen from so far away that that could give, in a wartime situation, that could give the location of where the troops are. That little tiny light. I've been in a situation, I remember going uh, with a youth group when I was a teenager. We, we went to a, a cave and it was pitch black. Once we turned off our lights, we could not see anything. I could put my hand in front of me like this. I could not even see my hand. But then one little light is all we needed to, okay, there's the light. There's someone over there. This is where I need to go. And once we turned on our flashlights, of course, we were able to see where we're going. But just a simple little light can have such an impact, even in places like France. Secondly, we see in verse 7 through 8 that Noah had a saving faith in a condemned world. Because Noah had faith in God, because Noah was a righteous man and found grace in the eyes of the Lord, well, God decided to save him from this condemnation that he had for this entire world. God, from the very beginning here of the chapter, saw that there was no other solution than to destroy the world. No other solution. I mean, he is God. He has all knowledge and is all powerful. And yet, the only solution was the condemnation of that world and the destruction of that world. That generation was completely lost. We saw that every thought, every man, anything that they could think of was sin. You know what that tells me? It tells me that since there was no room for goodness, there was no room for repentance either. They deliberately chose to sin and to sin even more 
triggering this condemnation of the world with the flood. Now we know that God is a gracious God. And that's what we see here in this passage. You know, we can be so much focused on the destruction of the world, but Noah found grace. We have a gracious God, a loving God, who when he'll see even one soul doing the right thing, he will show mercy and grace. Faith has been, of course, and (laughs) continues to be until the end, the only way for salvation and redemption. There's no other way. It's by grace. In the book of Hebrews, in chapter 11, verse 7, it tells us that by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Faith. That saving faith through God's grace. You know, we cannot separate the two, grace and faith. Because God's grace was still there for these people in Noah's days, but they didn't have the faith to receive that grace. And if God was not a gracious God and had decided not to show grace and mercy to people, we could have all the faith in the world that would not save us. But the two together... We see God's grace and salvation through that grace. It would be like an engineer who designs a a jet plane. Without the pilot, that jet is never going to fly, is it? You still need a pilot to do that, to pick up the commands there and take off with the jet plane. But a pilot without a plane, what can he do? He cannot do anything. He would not even be a pilot because a plane would not even exist if an engineer had not created a plane. Grace and faith are very similar to that. Without God's grace, you can have all the faith. It's not going to change anything. With God's grace, if you don't have that faith, it's not going to change anything. But the two combined, that's where we see God's greatness And that's what we see in this passage of Genesis chapter 6. We also need to remember again that here Noah had this faith that brought him salvation for him, for his family as well. But because he was a just man and perfect in his generation and that he walked with God. So even in the most hopeless situation, Isn't it marvelous to see that God's grace is still there and that there is still hope? You might have people in your family, friends, co-workers that you've been witnessing to. You might think, you know, after all these years, it's probably hopeless. They'll never come to know Christ. You can ask my parents how many years it took for them to see the first man to come to know Christ as their Savior. I remember one of my aunts in France. I mean, we always thought that she would be the last one to come to know Christ. You never know. What we always think as hopeless, well, God's grace is still there. And that shines. 
And when we pick up on that light and shine ourselves, other people will see that light. Then thirdly, what we see, as we read in verse 22, Noah did according uh, to all that God commanded him, so did he. He had an active faith. Because faith is not just believing. You know that. Faith is also about obedience. It's about doing what God is asking us to do. Here, Noah's faith is linked to his obedience to God. And God told him to build this ark. And so did Noah. It's as simple as that. To obey God. We have, as we talked about it this morning in Sunday school, we have a responsibility to share the gospel. We have, in a sense, also an ark to build with our own lives, that it would be a testimony to others. Now, I know that so many people look at Noah and think of Noah for so many years, you know, preaching, preaching to people and calling them to come into the ark. But you know what? That's nowhere in God's word. What it tells us is that he is a preacher of righteousness, of justice. If you look in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5, that's what it says about Noah. And the word that is used there in the Greek is not someone who is evangelizing. It is someone who is proclaiming, someone who is preaching. And what was he preaching and proclaiming through the ark? Well, we just read in Hebrews 11 verse 7 that uh, Noah, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. That was the purpose of the ark, the salvation of his family. But also, it says, by the which he condemned the world. Now, here is a big, big, big difference between Noah and us. Because in a sense, him building the ark was a proclamation of God's condemnation of that world, of his judgment that was coming. Whereas for us today, yes, the gospel message, we have to tell the world about the condemnation that lost people are in right now. But it doesn't stop with that. It is the good news after all. Condemnation is not good news. But the good news of the gospel is that anyone who believes in Jesus Christ, repents of his sins, is forgiven. I mean, that is not the same type of message. Somehow, we can a little bit understand someone like Noah, uh, like, like Jonah, who, uh, while well, he had a message of condemnation, that, that would not be easy to go to a foreign land, a foreign city, and tell people, God is going to judge you. You're doomed. I mean, it, it would be difficult to sign up for such a mission. But we are not just preaching about the condemnation. We're preaching about God's grace, his love, and his forgiveness, and everlasting life, as we saw with this Samaritan woman this morning. So Noah built the ark, and that ark became a, a proclamation of God's uh, condemnation, a preacher of righteousness, of justice. Noah's faith was active because he obeyed. He did what God commanded him to do. It's always as simple as that when we say it. Yet, how 
often do we feel like, oh, this is too much. But imagine Noah. He probably had to build something maybe that nobody knew how to build. Or maybe they had some boats on rivers we don't know. <laughs> but everything about this project was gigantic. Uh, maybe some of you have been uh, to uh, the Answers in Genesis uh, Museum and where they have the Ark Encounter. Um, in in uh, the Netherlands, a few years back, we were able to, to go uh, to the Netherlands and they have also a, a life-size replica of Noah's Ark and it's even in water. Uh, but it, it's just something that is, is huge. It's huge. To know that Noah and his sons built something that huge, it is amazing. But what was really amazing is that we could see that ark from far away. It could be seen. Just as that little spark, that little spiritual spark that we might have. We might think, oh, I'm not such a good Christian, or I'm not a theologian, or I'm not in the ministry, or anything like that. But even such a little spark can make the difference. But imagine when that little spark becomes a fire, becomes a lighthouse. Imagine the light that it can bring to so many people who are still in darkness. To have a testimony such as a, an ark that can be seen. For us to live in the same way that Noah lived, seeking righteousness, holiness, being a man of integrity, walking with the Lord. That's going to be your ark. That is your ark. How visible is it today? So Noah's example teaches us that however bad the world is right now, <laughs> there's still the hope of Jesus Christ. Until God has decided, it is still a day of salvation and of grace. And we cannot, cannot just let that go by, thinking that it's hopeless thinking it's not worth it. When we have the example of such a man as Noah, being alone in such a world. God still wants people to come to him, to find salvation. There are still people waiting for us to share that news with them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father,